Well, today, I have the honor of bringing the Word of God this morning. And so it's 11.30, so I promise we'll be out by 12.45, all right? We will get there. (laughs) We'll try to make this short and sweet. I just want to talk to you this morning, just for a few moments, about the kind of people that God uses. The kind of people that God uses. And I want to come out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Hebrews 11, verse 7. I'm going to be reading out the New Living Translation. It reads like this. It says, It was by faith that Noah, he built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. And by his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Now, the question I have for us this morning is this. Why did God choose Noah? Why did God choose Noah, and why will God choose us? Okay? Why did God choose Noah, and why will God choose us? When God destroyed the world with the flood, archaeologists tell us that there were approximately one million people living on the planet at that time. How they come up with that, I have no idea. They're a lot smarter than I am. But when they say, Noah, you're, you're one in a million shot, they got it right. Okay? And when people tell you, according to your dreams and according to what you want to do for the Lord, that's about a one in a million. You say, hey, Noah did it, I can do it too. Okay? Now... Why did God choose Noah? Now, imagine if you were God, okay? And, and what kind of person would you choose to start the human race all over again? Okay? What kind of person? If God were to make that decision today, which we know he, he, he won't, but if he was to make that decision today to destroy the earth and start it over with you, how would that make you feel? <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, isn't it? The whole human race rests on your shoulders. And here he chose Noah. Why did he choose Noah? Well, in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those hearts who who are fully committed to him. See, God looks at the heart. The story of Noah is in Genesis 6, 7, 8, and 9, and from it we can glean some characteristics this morning. That's what I want to do today. And the the first characteristics I want to glean is from Genesis 6, Verse 5 through 8, it says this. It says, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. And so the Lord was sorry that he ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I've created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah... How many thank God for those but moments? But Noah found favor with the Lord. God looked down and he found one man that he could use. And that one man was Noah. Why in the world could God use Noah? Are you ready to get super spiritual? Here we go. Number one, because Noah was, check this, available. Hello. Noah was available. He was available. The fact is, here's the entire population, and God can only find one available person. In God's eyes, availability is much more important than ability. Come on. God knows that he can do whatever he's got to do to get the ability inside of you. He knows that. Actually, it's already there. He just got to pull it out. Okay? He, he, He knows that. 
But your, your attitude is much more important than your aptitude. Oh, that's good. Most of us, our aptitude, we use that as an excuse. God, I, I can't do that. I, I can't do it like them. God, you, you can't use me like that. I, I, I can't. It's simply being available. Being available. I heard a story this week, and I love this story. It's by Anthony Capallo. He's a professor of sociology. He was invited to come speak at a college in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. And he drove to the college, and before he, he was to speak, before he was going on stage to speak to, to this class, several men took him to the back, and they began to pray with him, that God would use him to speak to that group of students. And while these men were praying for him, there was one man who was in the prayer circle, and he just, off the cuff, started praying this. He said, and Lord, about Bert Harris. Bert Harris really needs you really bad. He lives in that trailer home down the street, and he's considering leaving his wife and family. And Lord, if you could just get through to Bert Harris, that would be great. And then they went on praying for his speech. That's kind of an odd way to throw something in, right? And so the guy uh, uh, here, Anthony Coppola, he goes up, and, and he gives his speech. And he, and he says, man, that was kind of a strange thing to pray while they're praying for me and my speech. He went out, and he spoke, and he finished, and he got in the car, and he was driving home. And on his way home, he said there was a hitchhiker. And he just felt impressed to pull over and pick up the hitchhiker. And he said, I know you're not supposed to pick up hitchhikers, but being a Baptist preacher, I'll get any captive audience I can take. (laughs) And so the guy gets in the car, and they begin talking. And a few minutes later, Anthony Capallo asks him, he says, by the way, what's your name? And the guy says, my name is Bert Harris. Anthony Capali, he stopped the car. He said he turned it around and he immediately headed in the opposite direction. The man said, what are you doing? He said, I'm taking you back to your wife and family that you're trying to leave. He said the man went white. (laughs) He didn't say another word. They drove straight to the guy's trailer. And the guy asked him, he said, how in the world did you know where I lived? He said, well, in a weird kind of way, God told me. (laughs) And that guy walked back into his house with Andy Capallo and through a a season of a few hours of talking with him and his wife and their children, that marriage was restored, that family was put back together, and God began an exciting work in that family on that day. Today, Bert Harris is pastoring a church in Rockford, New Jersey. Why? Anthony Capallo would tell us, you know, we, we, we might say, how come I never get those exciting experiences like that? How come God doesn't use me like that? Well, Anthony Capallo would tell you, if you will make your life available, God will wear you out. If you will be available, God will wear you out. Stop focusing on what you can't do. Let God decide what you can't do. And you just go after everything. Let God sort it out. You just be available. When we get to heaven, I think it's going to be kind of crazy, the people that God uses. I think we're going to look around and we're going to see that they're not superstars and they're not super gifted. They may not be super talented. They're ordinary people, just like me and you, with all of our faults and all of our hang-ups and all of our fears. Come on, I'm not brilliant. I'm not great-looking. I'm good-looking. I'm not great-looking. Where's my wife at? I need some help. But you know what? I was available. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Austin, Joni, you guys hang in there. 
That's worth the whole morning right there. That's, that's good. The longer I'm a Christian, the more I realize God doesn't need superstars. He just needs ordinary people who say, God, I'm ready to be used. Use my life. God uses those who are available. God also uses those who dare to be different. Yeah. People look at me and say, you're different. I always take that as a compliment. I don't know how they mean it, but I take it good. Verse 9's account of Noah. It says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Morally, God, uh, excuse me, Noah was a man of deep conviction. He dared to be different. He wasn't afraid to stand out. He wasn't afraid to stand alone. Well, think about the criticism that Noah received building that ark. Think about the ridicule from his neighbors. Man, that Noah, he's a crackpot. He's crazy. There's old man Noah out there building that boat again. They'd see him down at Walmart buying laundry detergent. Right? They'd be whispering behind his back. Man, that Noah, he's one strange fella. Thinks the world's going to end, that Noah. And they'd be talking about him. This happened for a long, long time. Then all of a sudden, he probably got pressure from his family. How would you like to be Noah's kids? You go to school. What does your dad do? He's a boat builder. Right. You go home, Dad. You know that boat on the front lawn? It's kind of embarrassing. Is there any way we can move that? Is there any way you can like, go get a normal job like Billy's dad? Well, this is kind of embarrassing. The doomsday talk, Dad. It's all over town. Everybody's talking about our family. He probably got a lot of flack from his friends and may have even taken some flack from his family. Could you st- can you stand to be misunderstood and criticized year after year because of your conviction? Noah did. What gave him the confidence to be different for so many years? It said in verse 9 that he walked in close fellowship with God. He had a relationship with God. He had a relationship that gave him strength, the strength to say, I don't care what anyone else says or what anyone else does. I'm going to do what's right. We need more people in America, in Oklahoma, in Sealing, in Chester, in Fairview, in Moreland who will say, you know what, I don't care what everyone else is doing. I know what God's word says, and I'm going to stand and do what's right. I'm going to do what's right. Noah wasn't out there taking opinion polls. He wasn't checking with CNN or Fox News. He was hearing the voice of the Lord and doing what was right. Thirdly, God uses those who, he, who follow him completely. Genesis 6, said, Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. doesn't say he did everything or some things the way God wanted to. It said he did everything. He did everything. See, obedience is simply another word for faith. You say, I've got a lot of faith. Well, do we obey God without question? Do we walk in that obedience? That takes faith. Faith is following instructions even when it doesn't make sense. Faith is the the, the project that God gave Noah didn't make sense. It didn't make sense for several reasons. Number one, did you know the Bible says until this time of the flood, it never rained upon the earth? It never rained. They'd never seen rain fall from the sky. 
In Genesis chapter 2, it says the way the earth was watered was a mist come up out of the ground, kind of like dew in the morning. The whole atmosphere was different because it had never rained. And a lot of scientists tell us, and they explain to us, that that's probably why people lived longer in that day. Back then, people lived several hundred years. You know, and man, I pray for that. I would love to live with my wife and my kids and my family for several hundred years. That'd be awesome. But she's hoping just to make it to 50 with me, right? <laughs> and then she's going to reevaluate the situation. But they tell us that people live several hundred years. But after the flood, it's about 80 or 90 years. The lifespan was shortened. Think about, that was the first time Noah ever saw a rainbow. We think he just got out and saw the rainbow. and goes, oh, there's another rainbow. That's cool. And then God spoke to him. This is my promise. This is my covenant I'm making with you. No, Noah had never seen a rainbow. He gets out and sees a rainbow. He had no idea there was a pot of gold at the end. Not a clue. It, and then when, when they got off the ark and saw the rainbow, it probably blew their mind. No one had ever seen that before. So here's Noah building an ark in the middle of the desert. They say, no, why are you doing that? He says, because it's going to rain. They say, what rain? That don't make sense, old man Noah. You're crazy. You hit the cray button. Number two, not only had it never rained, but Noah was at least 500 miles, at least, from the largest body of water, the Mediterranean Sea, the Mediterranean Ocean. How is he going to get this boat 500 miles across? This was before Ford was invented, right? How is he going to get that boat 500 miles to the nearest body of water? They didn't, there wasn't a camel that could pull that. There wasn't an oxen that could pull that. There wasn't a per, Samson wasn't around yet. How is he going to do it? Didn't make sense. Third, the greatest thing. I always wondered this. How in the world did Noah round up all them animals? Don't ever think that. I, I can't even round up my kids. And he's rounding up two of every kind, some even more. There's a bunch of fried chicken or chicken on the place. How do you get all those animals? That's absurd. How could God do that? I'll tell you, I can't explain it, but I know one thing. God can do anything he wants to do. And so I don't know if Noah got out and did a big bugle call or what it was. But somehow all those animals came marching to that ark. And I don't know, I thought there'd be all kinds of fights in the place. Maybe they had rooms separating, the dogs over here, cats over here. I have no idea. Don't ha I don't have a clue how this all went down. When I get to heaven, I'll, I'll ask for a replay. I think that's cool. But God can do whatever he wants to do. And the thing about Noah is he didn't argue. He didn't complain. He's, he didn't say, you want two of every animal. What, God, that's crazy. He just obeyed. He said, okay, Lord, whatever you want. That's his attitude. Parents, you can probably identify with me on this. Maybe your kids do this. Sometimes I tell my kids something that you know, I, I want them to do. We, we go when you do this. And their first question is, why? <laughs> right? Why? And here's my lock, stock, and barrel answer. Because I said so. Whenever you become a parent, you have the right and the authority to use that for the rest of your life. 
Because I said so. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. That's it. Well, why? I don't want no lip from you. Just go do it. Don't make me get your mother. You know? <laughs> why? And when God speaks, I, sometimes I act like a little kid because God says, hey, do this. Why? Because I said so. Right? And a lot of times we, we, we become like that little kid. We become like children. We, God, why, 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 why? If you do that long enough, it sounds like you're crying. Why, 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 right? Oh, come on, somebody. God says, hey, if you'll obey, I'll explain later. If you'll trust me, I'll show you how good this is. It all works out in the end. If you'll just trust me, you'll see the benefits of this. What time is? Oh, I ain't got time to go there. There's a whole nother sermon. We're going to do a whole nother sermon on that. And fourth, God uses those who never give up. Noah's a key example of patience, persistence, determination. He was a hard worker. The Bible says it took Noah 120 years to build that ark. Can you imagine being Mrs. Noah? Noah comes home from work one night, sits down to his beans and cornbread. Miss Noah says, honey, how was work today? Same as usual. Same place, same thing, doing the same old job. I bet there were days where Noah hated to look at that ark. I bet there were days Noah went out there at that boat and just said, I'm tired of looking at this boat. It's been 120 years. I can't stand it any longer. I bet there were days that he hated going to work. Don't want to work on this dumb old boat anymore. Tired of it. I've done my duty. But there were days he didn't want to get out of bed. Those days of building, of nailing, of tar papering, whatever. 120 years. I'm sure he thought it a 50-year mark. Hey, someone should at least give me a gold watch. I've worked with this same company. <laughs> For 50 years now, on this ark, Noah never gave up. And then, starting to close. <laughs> it takes me about three times here. But then, there's this weird thing that happens. Noah and his family and all these animals are saved. They step off the ark. And then there's an epilogue in Noah's life in Genesis chapter 9. And this is where it just blows my mind. I'll be honest, I don't even like that it's in the Bible when you read this. I wish it wasn't there. It kind of puts a downer on the story of Noah. The Bible says that here was this man who lived blameless all of his life, found favor in the eyes of the Lord, the only godly man on the earth, had all this faith, persistence, availability, all the great things that God said about him. He built the ark, and after the flood, the land dried out. It says he built a vineyard. He had fermented grapes. He got drunk. He took off all of his clothes, and he made a fool of himself. He had a big-time celebration after the rain, and he got drunk and naked. Why is that in there? Leave that out, you know? Leave that out. He had a spotless record. 
And then at the end of his life comes this epilogue. Noah, blameless. Noah, found favor. Noah, drunk, naked. thing about the Bible is it never glosses over those kinds of things. See, one of the reasons why I believe this is a supernatural book, not just a book written by man, because if it was written by man, how many know when you come up to me and you ask me my life story, I ain't sharing with you all the junk I've done. Jared, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I struggle here. I have this weakness, and man, do I have a temper, right? Which I don't, but don't laugh at me. No, I'm just joking. I'm just messing. You know? Why? You know, you come ask me about all that stuff. I, I'm not going to start sharing all, 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 all that stuff. I'm going to tell you the good stuff. You know, when you go on a date, your first date, well, here's where my last relationship went wrong. Right? You don't start with that stuff. You start with Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Right? You start with that stuff. But the Bible, it gives us all the details. The Bible tells the truth even when it hurts. The Bible says that while Moses was a man, a great man, led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he also was a murderer. The Bible tells us that David, who was a man after God's own heart, a man who wrote a majority of the Psalms, was a man who also committed adultery. He was also a murderer. It lays it on the line right up front. And here's this guy, Noah, who kind of blows it at the end. He lives perfect, and everybody else is blowing it. Then when everyone else is gone, he blows it. But on the other hand, if I think about this right, it's also an encouragement. Jared, where are you going with this? Hang on. We're about to come in for a landing. It goes back to the thesis of this whole message. What kind of people can God use? He can use ordinary people. And if Noah had, any, had never done anything wrong in his life, we'd say, well, look at there. There's Noah. He's perfect. And then God can use that. But no, Noah was imperfect. Noah had flaws. He was human. He blew it. He had an issue. He made a fool of himself. But in spite of that, God still put him in the hall of fame in Hebrews chapter 11. Woo-hoo-hoo! I can make it. Three of us, great. I can make it. I can do this. That's the kind of God I worship. That's the kind of God I serve, the kind of God who, although he does not compromise on sin, he is a compassionate God, and he is a forgiving God. And he says, no matter what you've come out of, no matter what you've gone through, even if you went through the vineyard drunk and naked, I got your back. I got you. No matter how many times you've blown it, no matter how, he can still use the rest of your life. Doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. Doesn't matter what you've come out of. I don't care how many times you've fallen flat back on your face. Do we have any get back up people in the house? That's who God's looking for. Someone who will get back up. Hallelujah. 
Maybe you've gone through a bad breakup and you think God can never use this. Maybe you had a mouth problem and you think God can never use this. Maybe you had a bad habit and you just can't kick it. God can never use me. Maybe you're still dealing with it. We're still struggling with it today. Maybe you've got fears and insecurities and a temper. Maybe you've got a problem with jealousy. Maybe you feel inferior. You don't like the way you look. You don't like the way they look. And you're wondering, God, what can you do with me? He can do everything with you if you'll just make yourself available to him. He can do it. It doesn't disqualify you from being used by God. The devil wants to look back and say, look at everything you've done. Look at all the people who've talked to Look at Facebook, man. It's lighting up about you. Guess what? He's the God over Facebook too. He can shut it down if he wants. Tweet that. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. What kind of person can God use? What kind of people can God use? He uses people with flaws. He uses people with issues. He uses people with problems. He uses people with struggles. You don't have to get yourself together to be used by God. When you're being used by God, he'll work it where he's getting you together. Come on. We can't wait for perfect people. It's not about living a perfect life. It's about living a Jesus-centered life, having him at the center of my life. And when I mess up and when I fall and when I make a mistake, I'm able to get back up. I'm able to accept the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of an almighty Savior. I'm able to come to a cross and kneel at a cross and say, Lord, I've messed it up again. I've blown it again. But his mercy endures forever. His grace is everlasting. Come on, somebody. If you're thankful for the grace and for the mercy of God, Hallelujah. I need to quiet down. Look at your neighbor and say, God can use you. God can use you. Look at your neighbor and say, he can even use you too. God can use you. If God used only perfect people, nothing would ever get done but he can use us all, amen? I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet with me this morning. I gotta wrap this up. I've got a heavenly aroma of fried chicken coming through the atmosphere, (laughs) making me hungry. But I'm gonna ask you if you would, would you just bow your heads, close your eyes this morning? Maybe some of you have never thought in your entire life about God using you and God using your life. Maybe you've never thought about God doing something incredible with you. You think, well, that's for missionaries, that's for pastors, that's for those super saints. No, it's, it's for you. God wants to use you. And the lesson is that even godly people can be tripped up. Even godly people can be tripped up. Even the greatest of saints in this place will sit up here and tell you, whoever that might be in this place, they would sit up here and tell you, you know what, there's still times I, I blow it. There are still times I mess up. And we got to watch out. So this morning, I'm asking you to make four commitments in your heart today. One, we just commit in your heart, God, I'm available to you. God use me. Maybe you've been here and you've been thinking about getting involved in, in the ministry. 
Getting involved in kids' ministry, powerhouse kids. Get involved in Sunday school. Get involved in children's church on Sunday morning. Get involved somewhere, somehow, being a part of the team that helps prepare things for rib dinner. You've been thinking about getting involved, and you thought, you know what, I just, God can't use me like that. No, this is the perfect time. God sent this message your way today. He's letting you know, I've got a plan for you. If you'll make yourself available to me, I'll use you. That might mean we have to rearrange the schedule. That might mean we have to cut something out. Can't keep adding things. But God's saying, will you be available to me? Will you be available to me? And there's some other things. Maybe you're here this morning and you need strength. You need encouragement because you want to dare to be different. You want to stand up for what's right. You dare to stand up for what's right. Not to be offensive, not to be obnoxious, but just to not be ashamed of who he is and the life he wants you to live. Would you say, Lord, help me. Strengthen me. I want to dare to be different. Maybe you're here in this place and you would say, Lord, I want to follow you completely. Even when I don't get it. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when everything just, man, it's it just not coming together. God, it doesn't look like it's going to come together. It doesn't make sense. See, the Bible says the more you give away, the more you get back. That doesn't make sense. The Bible says if you lose your life, you'll find it. That doesn't make sense. The Bible says the last shall be first and the first shall be, that, that, that doesn't make sense. But we give it all to God. He's the one that wrote it. And he's the one that will work it out. We let him have it. God, I don't get it. But God, I want to give it all to you. I want to completely and totally surrender it all to you. Maybe you're here and oh, Noah, he was persistent, wasn't he? Stayed at it. He didn't quit. Maybe you're here today and you've been having those thoughts of quitting. Having those thoughts of throwing in the towel. Saying, I, I just don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can live this life. God sent this word this morning to encourage you. But you know it's not about your strength, it's about His. And he's got your back. He's got your back. Don't be a cop-out, don't be a dropout. You hang in there. He's got you. He's your Father. He loves you. And we're going to do the right thing even when we don't feel like it. We're going to press on. If that's you this morning and one of those four just strike a chord with you today and you just want to respond to the Holy Spirit's leading today. That you say, yeah, Jared, man, those, those really, really strike a chord with what God's speaking to my spirit this morning. We just slip your hand up right now. Yeah, 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 yes. Thank you. Praise your name. Praise your name. Anybody else? Maybe you're here this morning and it says that Noah walked with God. Maybe you've never had a relationship with God. But you know you can begin one today. That's what Jesus Christ came to make possible. In your heart right now, all you got to do is confess. So, Lord, I give my life to you. 
I repent. I turn from my ways. I give my life to you. If that's you, and maybe you need to initiate, you need to begin that relationship with the Lord today. I don't want to leave this place this morning without giving you that opportunity. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up right now? Is there anybody in this place, anybody in this house? Father, this morning we come before you. And God, for those who make one of those commitments in their heart, God, one, to be available. God, that they want to be available to you. For all the, the craziness of scheduling, the craziness of life, God, they would say, Lord, wherever you want me, wherever you want to use me, God, I'm, I'm there. God, for those who would say, Lord, I want to dare to be different. I want to stand up and stand out. Again, not to be obnoxious or not to be offensive, but God, just to let people know who I am and whose I am, that I'm yours. God, for those who would say, I'm ready to follow you completely. I'm ready to give everything over to you, even when it doesn't make sense, Lord. Even when things aren't lining up, even when it's not going the way that I feel like it should be going, God, I trust you. I trust you, and I give it over to you completely. And those who would say, God, I never want to give up. God, I want to be persistent. Whatever it is you've called me to do, I want to press on. I want to keep on. I want to keep going. I want to keep fighting. God, I want to keep living. Father, I pray this morning that those who would respond to those calls, God, that today the Holy Spirit has touched them. The Holy Spirit has, has, has wrapped himself around them, has let them know today that he is here. He wants to encourage them, that he hears their cry. He knows their plea. He knows their thought. God, today, he's here to bring strength and encouragement and love. And so, Father, I pray for those who raise their hand. and said, God, take this life, take mine, and use it ultimately for your glory. God, thank you. Thank you we don't have to be perfect to say that prayer. God, thank you we, we, we don't have to have every I, I dotted and T crossed to say that prayer. God, today, with all of our junk, with all of our issues, with all of our hang-ups, we can come boldly and we say, God, use me. Use me and use me for your glory. And God, we thank you for your word today and we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, amen, amen.